Hello and welcome to the Revolut Insider Podcast, where we explore Revolut's rocket ship from the inside out one episode at a time. I'm your host, Alex Carrill, and joining me today is Michelle Mayunda, people partner focusing on diversity and inclusion here at Revolut. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Alex. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, thanks for coming into the office. We're here in not so sunny London, but it's not raining, (laughs) so that's a good day. It looks nice out. Nice is a strong word, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to get into what the goal of diversity and inclusion efforts are, and hopefully you can provide us some insights for companies about why they should build inclusive policies and hopefully also give some advice to individuals on how they can make their voices heard in the workplace. Absolutely, yeah. All right, well, let's start with an overview. You know, when we talk about diversity initiatives in general, we usually hear the acronyms D&I or D-E-I. Can you explain what these letters mean, please, so we're all on the same page? Sure. So diversity and inclusion or diversity, equity and inclusion, Mm. which is what the E stands for, are really three different words that work in tandem. So diversity is simply talking about the difference. So the different people that you have in a workplace Inclusion is talking about making those people feel welcome and feel that they can be themselves in an environment. And then equity is more about how you approach building that inclusion. So you take an equitable approach to ensuring that different groups feel welcome in the workplace. So yeah, those are what those words mean in terms of definition. We can get into a bit more what that means in terms of practice, actually, in a company. Well, first, what do you think is the biggest misconception about DNI? Sure. I would say that the biggest misconception is that DNI is a nice to have or that it's an additional thing to a business mm. when in reality diversity and inclusion and equity actually are all fundamentals and core principles in actually building any good business, building any good team, building any good structure. You have to diversify. You have to have different people and those people have to feel included in order to make functioning teams and functioning departments. Definitely. And you kind of touched on it, but why is it important for companies to have these clear, well-defined D&I policies in place? Sure. So it's important because it's actually fundamental to productivity. Like if you are going to be a productive company, you need to have a diverse team and those teams need to feel included. So it's not just enough to have a team full of different types of people. You also have to make sure that those people feel welcome so that they can bring everything that they have, all their expertise, all their knowledge to the workplace. Yeah. And the reason why it actually builds more productivity is because we cover the more diverse a group is, we cover different areas of understanding, different areas of knowledge, and different perspectives. So you might have one problem that you can now solve in five different ways mm. instead of five different people that solve the one problem in the same way. Makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure from an employee point of view, having these policies in place are not just beneficial that they exist, but that they're well communicated as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because again, it's all great having a role like mine or having someone in the HR team or whichever team saying this is what we should do, but it really needs to be baked into everything that happens across the board. So not only does it need to be communicated well 
for the whole company, but it also needs to be embedded in how managers manage, mm. how we promote, how we hire, how we do anything, to be honest, because like I said, it's a fundamental core part of doing business. I love that. And can you tell us a bit about diversity here at Revolut? Sure. So we're on a bit of a journey here at Revolut. It's a journey I'm excited to be on. We have a really good starting point in that we are inherently different. We have almost 100 different nationalities here at Revolut. Wow. I know, right? And I know that sounds like, oh, of course, because Revolut's a global company, you're going to have so many nationalities. We actually only function in just over 30 different countries. Incredible. So it's not like it's exactly reflective of how many countries we operate in. Mm -hmm. It is purely because there is so much diversity and so much difference in terms of where people come from. And yeah, it's really a good foundation of the fact that we embrace difference in people and we embrace hiring different types of people. We can go further and we will go further in terms of different types of elements of diversity and also how we don't just have all those different types of people, but we promote those different types of people. We train those different types of people to achieve different skill sets because it's not just always about upward promotion, right? It's about growth in different ways. So right now we're doing great in terms of our nationality diversity. We want to expand that in terms of our gender and race and ethnicity and so on and so on. And I know we have guilds here at Revolut that champion diversity. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Sure. We have a number of guilds. So we have Rev Women, which is a guild that looks at gender parity and gender equality. We also have REACH, which is an acronym that stands for Race, Ethnicity and Cultural Heritage, which is looking at sort of equality amongst races and ethnicities and people from different backgrounds. As I mentioned, we have almost 100 different nationalities. So we want to make sure everyone feels included. We have the Pride Guild. It's for anyone that identifies as part of the LGBTQ plus community. We also have our Parents and Carers Guild, looking after our parents and carers, of course. <laughs> and then we have our Impact Guild, which is our newest guild, and they are actually focusing on ESG efforts. Mm -hmm. So, And for those that may not be familiar with the acronym ESG, could you break it down for us, please? Sure. <laughs> so the acronym actually stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. But mm. in terms of what the guild is doing, they're really making sure that they are focusing on how Revolut impacts the local environment, not just the environment, but mm. socially as well. So one of their first points of call is looking at local schools and making sure that the people in our local area, in particular local to the London office, mm -hmm. benefit from some of the skills that we have. So financial literacy and, you know, career advancement and those types of things that they wouldn't necessarily have. Because if anyone knows anything about the London office and the surrounding areas, that there are actually some less advantaged communities surrounding this area mm. who might not have that type of access to that type of information. So mm. that's the type of work that they work on, which is is good because it's diversity and inclusion, but for the future, it's not exactly. just for right now, but it's building that pipeline of future engineers and salespeople and diversity and inclusion specialists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it expands beyond the company, right? It expands outside into the community. And I like that when we have this community outreach, when we have this impact that is, like you said, continuous and where we can see a longer term impact, not just for Revolut but, or for the company, but for the community in general, I think that's a great effort. Yeah. And from the guilds, like I like being a part of these online communities mm -hmm. because we all mostly work remotely. Mm -hmm. And I just like having this connection with team members all over the world, you know, especially in my position where I'm getting to talk and interview people from different backgrounds and experiences. You really learn a lot. 
Yes, I think that's also the key. You learn so much. And like I said, like you said, actually, we work remotely, we work globally. And so it's good to kind of connect with people that you might not necessarily be in your team, Mm -hmm. but you have a perspective of what life is like in Porto, for example. Yeah. And beyond diversity, meaning, let's say you come from a different background, how does diversity truly help a company and contribute to building a dream team? So this is where the different backgrounds usually means different perspectives. And this is where you have to be very careful because just because somebody is a different gender or a different race or a different sexual orientation Mm. doesn't automatically make them different, Mm -hmm. but it can help. And it can help bring a perspective that you might not have to a solution. And so that is why it's so important. But it's also, like I think I touched on it earlier, it's about being able to problem solve in a more holistic way Mm -hmm. and a more in-depth way. We want to Think deeper, right? Yes. So if you want to think deeper, you need more people who can bring a different idea, bring a different perspective. And also if we think about our customer base, our customer base is not homogenous. Mm-hmm. So neither should our company. Exactly. And that gives way to, like you said, thinking deeper, gives way to innovation, to finding new solutions and mm-hmm. ultimately pick the best one because it's the best idea. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you can't pick the best one if everyone has the same idea. Exactly. <laughs> What strategies do you recommend for encouraging this open dialogue and understanding among a diverse team? It's actually something I was thinking about earlier in that diversity, though I'm the biggest promoter, I would like to say, (laughs) or should be at least, I have to be honest in that there are some growing pains when it comes to diversity. Mm -hmm. It can be much easier and much simpler to just work with people that you have an affinity with that you understand maybe you speak the same language maybe you have the same background Mm. there's a shorthand that comes with that but the benefits of diversity outweigh that comfort Mm -hmm. and so it's similar to like as a company if we want to grow there are going to be literal growing pains there are such things as diversity pains but but it's okay and embracing that and being comfortable with being uncomfortable for a little bit being comfortable with saying i don't really get that i don't really understand that's new information to me Mm -hmm. that i don't understand that perspective but let's learn let's sit let's have a conversation And yeah, just being comfortable with being uncomfortable and not knowing and not having all the information for a little bit. And I think it's a very easy issue, let's say, to overcome when you can ask respectful questions to gain perspective on how the other person thinks. So you can better understand not only the idea, but where they're coming from. So I think that gives you a better, like you said, holistic view to understand the idea that's being presented. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And do you have any advice on how someone who may feel like, let's say they're not getting the space to voice their opinion, what can they do to get their voice heard? Oh, that's a good question because it depends. I think this is where a company with guilds is really helpful. There's power in numbers. And sometimes it's really good to be able to say, hey, I'm not the only person that thinks like this. And I'm not the only person that has this perspective. So there's power in numbers, number one. Number two, sometimes you kind of just have to stick your head above the parapet and just be like, hey, (laughs) (laughs) hey, I got something to say. (laughs) I love that. Um, Because it's important. And I think also understanding your value, Mm -hmm. understand that you aren't being a problem. I know there's a lot of stereotypes that people might fear are going to be attached to them, but it's more important, I believe, to express yourself and do it from a place of confidence of like, Mm. what I'm saying is valuable, what I'm saying is necessary. And it could actually be the voice that stops a really big problem. Yeah. I hope you don't mind. I have a quick story it's from, from a book I read and it Please. was talking about how 
and it's it's unfortunately a quite a tragic story. But um, if they were on a, it's a story about a a plane that unfortunately crashed because um, they were the, there was a there was a issue there was a tech issue that that could have been easily resolved, but because of this tech issue, they couldn't land. Oh well. Problem is, the engineer was watching the fuel go down and go down and go down. There was a risk balance. Hmm. Should we just try and land anyway? Or should we hang about in the sky until we run out of fuel and the plane falls out of the sky? Wow. Because the engineer was so worried about saying, hey, we're running out of fuel, we're running out of fuel. He just wanted to be like, well, the pilot says we've got to wait. He waited for the pilot to say, well, we've got to wait. And unfortunately, the plane ended up crashing because they ran out of fuel. Wow. And it it comes from that thing of people don't want to open up and say because they don't think their voice is important or they think that somebody else's voice is more Mm. important maybe they're more senior maybe they've been here longer maybe i don't know whatever the things that we come up with in our head are but it's really important to say no matter where you sit if you see a problem if you see something where you're thinking uh that doesn't quite make sense for maybe people like me or my community Mm -hmm. or whatever say something exactly please 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 please, yeah (laughs) that's why i feel so empowered to be at revolute because there isn't this disconnect between seniority is slack makes it so easy to reach out to anybody and Mm -hmm. voice your opinions i feel that is part of the culture here at revolut yeah i agree in my very first few weeks of being here i was like oh by the way there's a thing over here that we should probably think about doing differently and everyone just went okay sure yeah (laughs) i was like oh oh, that was easy (laughs) (laughs) if you have a reason behind it and makes sense people are willing to listen and not only to listen but to act on it Mm mm-hmm well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more insider views. This podcast is brought to you by Revolut Donations. Did you know you could use your Revolut app to make a charitable donation? Choose from a huge selection of charities and effortlessly donate money with a tap. Charities get 100% of your donation so you can feel good knowing that your whole contribution goes straight to the cause you care about. Do some good with Revolut. And we're back here on the Revolut Insider Podcast with Michelle Mayunda, People Partner and Diversity and Inclusion Specialist. Hello. How are you doing so far? I'm good. This has been fun. <laughs> you know, Michelle, I want to know a little bit more about you. Is that okay? Sure. How did you find yourself in the DNI space? Well, probably like a lot of people, I stumbled into it. So mm. I had big legal dreams. I was going to be I was going to be a lawyer, but not just be a lawyer. I was going to be the Olivia Pope of lawyers. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the scandal. bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the bags and the coats and everything. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I did my undergrad, did law, very quickly realized I am not supposed to be here. Mm. I, well, I am, but I thought, I felt okay. like I was not supposed to be there. And needed to do something because (laughs) there was no way I was telling my parents oh yeah I'm coming to law school but uh not really doing law but don't know what else I'm doing so I had to come up with a plan b very quickly figured out what am I good at well I'm good at talking I ended up finding graduate scheme in recruitment and and at that point I did not live in London and I knew I wanted to live in London and this graduate recruitment scheme was in London so I said cool guys (laughs) hi parents I'm moving to London they were like okay we'll see you in a year um (laughs) that was many years ago um (laughs) so yeah i went ahead and i did that for just under a year and then i moved into internal recruitment so that's when i started to get into understanding a bit more about hr because Mm -hmm. the internal recruitment team 
sat within an HR function. And as I was learning more about recruitment, I started learning about recruitment marketing. I, I went into a job that was employer branding. So mm. there was a bit of recruitment marketing in that. And as I was sort of marketing this company and, you know, talking about how great and diverse we were, I was thinking, hey, we kind of have a bit more work to do on that diversity internally mm -hmm. before I go out and tell everybody how great it is. So I started to focus my efforts internally on some of the diversity that we could do actually as a company. And that's when I was like, actually, I like this part of my job. Okay. Um, and that's when I became DNI specialist. Or, well, I didn't come as specialist overnight, but <laughs> <laughs> I started to go down that route of DNI. And that's how I ended up in this field. And can I ask you what you had mentioned that you didn't feel like law school was the right place for you? How come? Yeah. So I come from a very basic, comprehensive state school in the UK, not very well funded. You know, you kind of just get on with it. Mm. And um, when I went to university, people either went to grammar schools and they went to private schools. They basically went to schools that had much more information, funding, teaching, tutoring, mm. specific tutoring. I'll give you an example. To go to the university that I went to, you had to do this uh, test called the LNAT. Okay. I think it's something like legal national aptitude test or something like that. And I just Googled it. I was like, Google help me. What? And I went this and is before chat GPT. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, help. Um, what do I do? So I Googled it. I went and did the test. Somehow, miraculously, I passed the test. When I went wow. to university, they were like, I had friends that were like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do those LNAT tutoring sessions anymore. I was like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? And, wow. you know, they went to schools where they were mm -hmm. molded to become the future lawyers, molded to become future minds. They just kind of, in my school, wanted to make sure you, you did something. <laughs> and so that disconnect, I felt like I was about two or three years behind my colleagues, which is sad. But I think that's where that almost imposter syndrome came from. Like, oh, everyone else really knows what they're doing and I'm just figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I just, yeah, I had a bit of imposter syndrome, felt like I was behind everyone. But that experience is what helped me later down the line when I started to get into diversity. I felt really equipped to go into schools, mm. local schools. I'd moved to London by this point and going to local state schools and talking to them and encouraging them and being like, look, you're good. Like you're not behind. You can be a lawyer. Don't be me. <laughs> Don't talk yourself out of it because everybody else seems way ahead of you they're not ahead of you. You are just as important. You are just as valuable in these spaces. So Yeah. In these spaces where you can take up space, right? Because yeah. I feel like sometimes even myself included, you know, you feel like this is a big space, but where is my place here? Right. Yeah. And I think it's about this confidence to know that you have just as much right as anybody else to take up your space. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, well-meaning, have been told that like, you know, maybe because of their race, because of their gender, things are going to be harder for them. And and I understand why people older than them or people around them have told them that, right? But I'm also keen to flip that on his head and be like, actually, it's likely you're going to be the only so-and-so in mm. a room. And that's good because that means you're the only person with your perspective in that room. And so you are indispensable in that room because of that. And I think that goes with what you were saying before about that problem-solving experience where you can go into this space, know that your perspective is different uh -huh. and have the confidence to share those ideas uh -huh. because you are the only one that has that perspective. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What's been your biggest takeaway so far while working in this field? Oh, I think 
back to that point of how integral it is to business. I mm. think even somebody who would have benefited from diversity and inclusion policies before I got into this field felt like it was very much the extra, the nice to have on top. But when you actually get here and you realize, hang on a second, marketing needs to think about diversity. Mm. Obviously, HR has to think about <laughs> diversity. But even small things like the accessibility of an app, all of those things have to consider diversity and inclusion. Yeah. And that has probably been my biggest takeaway, that it is crucial, crucial, I cannot say it enough, <laughs> crucial to business function. And what's been the experience with students that you've had these talks with or other people you've come into contact with when sharing about diversity and bringing their own perspectives to the table? Yeah, so I do think that a lot of people don't know the power of their diversity. Mm. They know potentially what might hold them back because of their diversity, but they don't understand that that is a benefit to them and is a benefit to a company. And so one of the things that I have made it my personal mission <laughs> to do, especially with younger people is, like I said, though they are hyper aware of their difference, making sure that they know how to bring that to the table, mm. because a lot of them don't understand how to bring it to the table, or they have been taught to try and assimilate and try and get rid of that difference. And I'm like, no, 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 no yeah. don't do that. <laughs> bring it all, bring it everything, um, because it's beneficial. Do you have any advice for people that might be in that mindset of how to relearn these values that they've instilled in themselves or how to break out of that to assert their place at work or anywhere really yeah um stop it <laughs> <laughs> no but um <laughs> stop it because first of all it takes a lot of effort to try and be someone you are not mm. it takes a lot of effort anecdotally i can tell you of some training that we did uh, a while back and essentially we were given a task to explain what we did at the weekend which is basic workplace conversation mm -hmm. what did you do at the weekend but as you tell that story you're not allowed to mention anyone's gender mm. you're not allowed to mention anyone's pronouns you're not allowed to mention any place names to have a conversation and be like i went here with a person yeah. and <laughs> and did a thing like is so tiring mm. in your brain and the training was essentially to show how difficult it is for people to mask who they are in this context it was for lgbtq plus people okay. to mask their gender identity or the gender identity of those around them mm. or their own sexual orientation or that of those around them but it also applies to cultural differences you know not being able to say maybe i went to this religious festival or maybe not feeling comfortable to say I went to church on Sunday. Yeah, Little things like that can really hurt someone's ability to connect and someone's ability to bring their whole selves and it is a drain on their mental capacity. And that is not what you want when no. you want, <laughs> like I said, when you want a company with people that think deeper, if yeah. they're spending too much time thinking about what they can and can't say, that is not, is not good. So two things, one, bring your whole self, but also people should develop an ability to hear and listen to mm -hmm. people and accept and don't make assumptions about what people are about to say. It's more of a wider issue, right? right? So I've had a good experience of being able to do that here since I've joined. Tell people what I'm doing, what I did at the weekend in its fullness and in all its glory. But as a wider issue, people might have their own perceptions and their own feelings that they can't do that. And I want to free them from that weight yeah. and that burden. Break down those walls. Break down those walls. Build relationships. Exactly. Yeah. And that goes not just with your team members, right? But also with external relationships. Like yeah. if you're in sales or, you know, I was in banking before mm -hmm. when I lived in LA. And I mean, to be able to have these conversations with your clients, feel comfortable and confident of what you're saying and who you're talking about and using your the correct pronouns, you feel empowered. 
I feel like that's where business is formed. Yeah. When you can have these relationships that are genuine relationships yeah. and they're deepened by knowing who these people are, mm-hmm. right? Who are you doing business with? And I think when you can be your authentic self and come to work like Revolut, not only your employees shine, but the business grows and the business is successful as well. Exactly, exactly. And it is that key part about building relationships. You can't build relationships with people who you don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there are some people that think, well, what you do in your personal life is your business. What would you say to those who feel like there should be a separation between, let's say, work life and personal life? I get it. I get it. Like, but I do. And that is the part of diversity. Some people are going to be like, respectfully, I don't want to tell you everything that happened. And some people won't. I think the issue is where you feel like you can't. Yeah. That's the problem. Where you feel like I'm incapable of saying this to you because of potential repercussions of what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. I would encourage you not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would encourage you to be more open, but I understand reasons why people don't it's also sometimes just a generational thing yeah. uh, that i've noticed um gen z love a good chin wag yeah. <laughs> and, and and maybe like younger millennials love to tell you absolutely everything and some older generations just don't yeah. and, and that's okay but again it shouldn't feel like if i tell you this this is detrimental to our work this yeah. is detrimental to my progression this is detrimental to my hiring none of that should be the norm Mm -hmm. or the feeling in business at all. Exactly. And building on that, how can companies or coworkers foster a more inclusive work environment? I think the key is always empathy, Mm -hmm. building an understanding and an empathetic approach to the workplace environment, right? Definitely. Understanding that you have hired people, not machines. (laughs) Yeah. You've hired people, not machines. And when you think about it from that perspective and you have the empathy of the fact, okay, this is a person sat across from me. How can I connect with that person? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than what can I get out of that person? Exactly. And those connections help people buy in, help people be more engaged, help people feel like they belong. At the end of the day, we all belong. So I want Revolut to succeed just as much as anybody else does Mm -hmm. because I'm part of everything that is Revolut. Exactly. And I think that goes with our motto of dream team. And I think Mm -hmm. the dream team is not just getting work done, Mm -hmm. but it's about being your authentic self to get the work done. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, we're almost out of time, but I just have one more question for you, Michelle. What advice would you have given yourself or would have liked to hear when you were just starting out in your career? Oh, oh, baby, Michelle. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning of my career, Hmm. partially to do with what I'm explaining about that imposter syndrome and about not knowing. I felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know the answer to things. This is awful. (laughs) So um, yeah, I just told myself, girl, it's okay. (laughs) Give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. Just calm down. Ask questions as well. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you being here today and really giving us a quick masterclass in the importance of diversity. Thank you for having me. You're welcome anytime. And thanks for listening today. You can add the podcast to your favorites so you don't miss an episode and follow us on Instagram at Revolut Insider. Thanks for tuning in to the Revolut Insider podcast, where we explore Revolut's rocket ship from the inside out. Until next time, remember, the sky's not the limit, it's just the beginning. Revolut, change the way you money.